listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. weekend, if you follow your Jewish calendar, Rosh Hashanah started Friday at sundown. It will end tonight at sundown. The, the Jewish day goes from sunset to sunrise. So happy new year, everybody. If anyone needs to hit a reset button, you can. Just go to the Jewish calendar. And uh, I did a little research into this. Um, and uh, tapped into the Jews for Jesus. Anyone heard about the Jews for Jesus? Okay, well, this is some good information. So if you're not up on this Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year, the beginning of the year. And it is one of, on the Jewish calendar, they just don't have one New Year's Day. There are four New Year's holidays throughout the year for the Jewish people. So the New Year is starting about every three months. That's kind of interesting. Uh, there's a civil, there's religious, there's the harvests. And this particular weekend, this day, is known primarily as the Jewish New Year. And it starts a season of holy days. The first one is Rosh Hashanah. The second one, which comes from the book of Leviticus, is the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, and it's 10 days after this weekend. So those of you who have Jewish friends or relatives, that's what's going on in their world. And so this particular holiday in the Jewish calendar and also going back into the Old Testament in the Bible is at the same time a joyous celebration and a time of solemn reflection. Now originally this day mentioned in the Old Testament was a memorial, and it was called the Feast of Trumpets, or the memorial in Hebrew of the blowing of the trumpets. The holiday and the ten days between now and the Day of Atonement are called the ten days of awe. They were a time to reflect. And this time provides an opportunity to make amends for past wrongs, and also to prepare for the new year. It's kind of like our new year where we turn over a new leaf. Now this all comes from the book of Leviticus. In chapter 23, verses 23 through 25, the Lord establishes the day of trumpets or the feast of trumpets, and it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with the blast of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work 
and you shall present a food offering to the Lord. And so this holy gathering started way back in the beginning of the Old Testament, became the basis for what we now know as Rosh Hashanah. And the sound of the trumpets reminded people of the Lord's faithfulness thus far. And they rang in the year to come and also hinted at the future coming of the Messiah. Now, for many years, this day of memorial to the Lord fell into disuse, as we see in the book of Nehemiah. Now, imagine finding, after many years, a pack of letters that your father had left you before he passed away. And in these affectionate and unseen letters, you discover instructions for living up to the family name. You realize with some shame that you have completely failed to follow these instructions that your father had given you, but you resolve to carry them on. This metaphor describes the plight of the ancient Israelites. And it gives a sense of what happened to the people during the time of Nehemiah. Nehemiah 8 and 9 tell us that on the first day of the seventh month, the Israelites gathered by the water gate in Jerusalem to listen to the Levites, who were members of the priestly tribe. And Ezra the scribe opened up the scroll, opened up the Torah, and read from it. The Israelites wept when they heard him read, for they had lived in ignorance for so long that they no longer knew the laws and the teachings of God. It was a bitter discovery. But Nehemiah and the priests told the Israelites not to despair. He said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready For this day is holy to our God. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. That's from Nehemiah 8, 10, and 11. That's where we get that almost Christian cliche, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, that's a great thing to say. And I think in this season, we need the joy of the Lord. Amen? Now, to me, what that declares, and I'm going off script here, what the joy of the Lord declares, that in a time of reflection, in a solemn time, in a time of confusion, in a time when things around us do not make sense, that we have a God who is above it all. We have a God who is beneath it all. We have a God who surrounds it all. And the basis for our joy and the basis for our strength is that we have a God who knows and who hears and who is watching over us even in confusing times, even in times that don't make sense. And so we receive joy from this. When our focus 
is our God and not what's going, around, going on around us. So it's a challenge. Do I choose joy? Do I focus on joy? Do I focus on God? And yes, these things are real. It's okay to acknowledge that these are difficult times. Amen? It's okay to acknowledge that we lose loved ones. It's okay. But we need to have a greater awareness, a greater awareness of the God who strengthens us and gives us joy. And that's how we get through these times. That's the lesson we can learn from that particular passage of Scripture. Now, the feasting which Nehemiah commanded the people in that day, on the first day of Tishri, which is the month that we're in on the Jewish calendar, was a key precedent for establishing the significance of Rosh Hashanah. The passage's most salient emotions, their sorrow for past wrongs and joy at the prospect of reconciliation. So we have sorrow and joy. That's a part of this holiday in the Jewish mindset. And so the heart of Rosh Hashanah is the blowing of the shofar. Has anyone heard a shofar before? Okay, let me give you a little basis for the shofar. One Jewish author writes, the sound of the shofar was the call to arms, the alarm for any disaster, the signal to assemble the community business, the solemn announcement of an excommunication. It calls upon the remembrance of Mount Sinai when the sound issued from a thick cloud and the people trembled, and such a sound will announce the time of the great day of the Lord. The shofar is a sacred sound whose various blasts express the soul of the Jewish people, their despair, their penitence, their hope, their earnest expectation. And, and I, I think Pete might even have a shofar here today. So, uh, Pete, could you just give us a blast of that thing and... Uh, Yes. Thank you, Pete. So this is a weekend in, in the Jewish culture when the sound of the trumpet will be heard all across the nation of Israel. Now, I find it very interesting this year, this year, because people can't necessarily come to synagogue. They are sending the trumpet out into the streets all over Israel. And they are sounding it much more, hundreds of times throughout the entire nation. And in New York, they're going out into the streets. And where there are settlements of Jewish people, they aren't just keeping it inside, but the trumpet sound is going out. Is this a prophetic picture of where we need to be today? The trumpet isn't just for our ears. It's for all ears. Because I believe when that trumpet sounds at the coming of Jesus Christ, I believe all ears will hear that trumpet and so as New Testament or New Covenant believers, we hear the blast of the shofar 
at Rosh Hashanah as an ongoing call to vigilance, and it expresses our yearning for the Lord, a yearning for his coming. Anyone looking forward to Jesus' return? He is coming again. The word says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Messiah will rise first, 1 Thessalonians 4.16. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised up imperishable, and we shall be changed, 1 Corinthians 15.52. So this morning, with the spiritual significance of the Jewish feasts, should we as Christians be celebrating them? Let's just stir up a little controversy here. Let's look at the scripture. What does it say in the New Testament? Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festivals, new moon celebrations, or the Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Jesus Christ. Galatians 4.10, but now that you know God, or rather we are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and worthless principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that my efforts for you may have been in vain. You see, Paul was ministering, writing to a group of people that thought they had to go back into the traditions of the laws of Moses in order to be Christians. And he's saying, no, you have freedom to not do those things. You have freedom through Christ who has fulfilled all those things. But in Romans 14, 5, we see one man regards a certain day above the others, while someone else considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. What I believe, and this is my opinion... It's a well-researched opinion, but it is my opinion. Is that we have the freedom to observe or not observe. We should not let, we should not let the observance of these holidays serve as yet another way that we are divided. If you want to observe Jewish holidays, that's amazing. That's wonderful. That is your choice. It is a choice, not an obligation. We do not want this to be another cause for judging someone else, or you're, you're one of those, or I'm going to judge you because you're not following this particular tradition. But I do believe that we should be aware, and that's why I'm sharing this today, we should be aware and knowledgeable because it's a part of scripture. The feasts and the holy days are amazing. They foreshadow the coming Messiah. 
You love Jesus? You want to know all about Jesus? Dig into the Old Testament. Dig into the books of the law because Christ is revealed over and over and over again. So today, number one point, there's one point today, one point and only one point. Our focus is not a day of the week. It's not an observance. It's not a practice. It's Jesus. Yeshua, the Messiah, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now more than ever, it's all about him. Just as the first three feasts of the year, and you know I love talking about this, especially at Easter time, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and Pentecost. They were fulfilled in Jesus with his death, with his resurrection, with the sending of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was not a day that started at Azusa Street. Pentecost goes way back to the book of Acts. It goes way back to the books of Moses. And God had a time, and God had a place. And these feasts were fulfilled to the very day. Isn't God amazing? You see, there's so much that proves his existence. So much that's clouded when we get our eyes off of Jesus. As those festivals were fulfilled to the day, could it be that the last festivals mentioned will also be fulfilled by the return of Jesus Christ to earth once again and by the setting up of his earthly kingdom? We should get excited when it gets to be this time of year. Who knows? The trumpet will sound. I'm not going to say it might sound. The trumpet will sound. We can say with John at the end of the book of Revelation, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. The response to that, the response, John's response, our response, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Revelation 22, 20. We're ready. Are we ready? Remember as a kid, being just absolutely frightened that Jesus was coming back any minute. Remember the house was empty once and I ran all over thinking, ah, it happened. I missed it. Shouldn't have stolen that bubble gum. And that was held over our heads. You better behave because Jesus is coming back and you could get left behind. Well, it could happen, okay? It's no reason not to behave, I tell you what. But he's coming, and it should, if we know Jesus, if we trust in him, if we've invited him into our lives and our hearts, and we're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, it brings some dread. Because with his coming, there will be a judgment but it should bring great joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of his coming overshadows the dread of his coming. And the joy of the new year overcomes the dread of reflecting on every way I've missed it in the past year. The joy of the Lord is my strength. As I've said before, I like saying this around holiday times, 
We may be celebrating Christmas when we celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ, no matter how pagan that day is on the calendar. And I could go on and on about that. But we should celebrate every single day. Every day is Christmas. Amen? Amen. All right. And every day is Easter. Because why should we just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on one day of the year? We need to celebrate every day that Jesus Christ is our risen Lord. And folks, every single day should be the Feast of Trumpets. We should be listening for the sound of that trumpet anticipating his return, we should see each day as a new beginning. Every single day is a new beginning. I've heard it said we should, leave, we should live each day as if it's our very first with all the wonder and awe and possibility. And we should live every day as if it's our very last God, what are you telling me to do today? Who can I love today? Who can I forgive today? What can I accomplish for you today? Because when it comes down to it, this is all we've got. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We've got today. So every day we should see as a new beginning an opportunity to hit reset, a day to start all over again. How many need a fresh start? So good to know that we have a fresh start every single day. So as we, we reflect, what signs do we see around us that Jesus Christ will return soon? You know, we thought the 70s were bad. That was 40 years ago. Or was it 50? I don't know. I lost track. Number two, what can we do now to prepare for his return? And then number three, the Jewish New Year is an opportunity to hit reset. It's a time to reflect on the past, make amends, and make changes for the future. What areas of our lives are we needing to change? You don't have to wait till December 31st. It'll be here before you know it. Might as well start preparing now. If this day were New Year's Day, how would you like to live the coming year? It's a new season. It's a new day. We heard it today. I believe that. Amen? Amen? So let's hear the trumpet and decide how we're going to live our life. Amen? Just stand up where you are right now. I want to give you an opportunity to truly hit reset today. God, we just give you our hearts right now. We give you our lives. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this season, God. Lord, we thank you for that trumpet call.
that you're calling us to your self. Lord, you're signaling the gathering of your people. And as we gather across this nation, as we gather in places of significance and places that you're moving your people to gather, we come together with the attitude that you're God and only you can fix us. Lord, we just pray now that our hearts would be filled with your spirit, with that sense of awe, with that sense that you are God. And Lord, we turn our eyes to Jesus right now. We thank you that you're coming back, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it is soon. We thank you, Lord, that there is a resurrection coming. So, Lord, we surrender to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.